Hi, I'm Amanda Sewell, and I'm one of the producers of Classical Sprouts. If you love this podcast, please donate to help Sprouts continue to grow. Go to classicalsprouts.org slash donate. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. Hey there, Sprouts! On May the 6th, 2023, an event is happening that doesn't happen very often. It's a coronation of the new monarch of the United Kingdom, King Charles III. There's going to be a lot of music as part of the ceremony, including a new coronation anthem by Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. That's right, the guy who wrote Cats, Phantom of the Opera, and even Starlight Express is writing a historically significant anthem for a king. So to remind yourself of some of the music from previous coronations and to get you in a royal mood, we're bringing back our episode on coronation anthems. I wonder what drama's going to happen at this coronation. It's time to get on your finest gowns and garb, crowns and jewels, because it's time to welcome in some new kings and queens and listen to the music that accompanied them. We've got some piping hot royal English tea to spill, so get ready for some drama, some music, and a lot of royalty today on... Classical Sprouts! Welcome to Classical Sprouts, the awesome classical music podcast for kids. I'm your host, Kate Botello, and today we're going to talk about and listen to some famous coronation anthems for British royalty throughout the ages. But first, let's start with a question. Since the crowning of William the Conqueror in the year 1066, every British monarch's coronation has taken place in one location. What is the name of this building? What's the name of the building where every British coronation has taken place for almost a thousand years? We'll give you a few hints along the way, so stick around for the end of the show and we'll tell you the answer. Before kings, queens, and all monarchs can wear the crown of their nation, there are grand ceremonies called coronations. At these events, monarchs are crowned and are officially put into power. Coronations are occasions full of joyous music to celebrate the new monarch. But specifically, the coronation anthems are a key part of the ceremony and are always sung by a choir. An anthem is a piece of music used as a symbol for a specific event or a group, in this case, the crowning of a new British monarch. And by monarch, we don't mean that beautiful orange and black butterfly. We're talking about the supreme ruler in the kingdom, and in this case, the king or queen of England. As you will see, coronations are often full of scandals and little mishaps, but as you will hear today, This kind of music is bold, stately, and joyous, which is fitting for this sort of occasion. Okay, first up, let's rewind the clocks. We're going back to England at the turn of the century, the 20th century, meaning right around the year 1901. Queen Victoria had just passed away after being a beloved queen for 64 years. 
Now, sometimes there are really long stretches of time between coronation ceremonies, meaning that new coronation anthems were rare to hear in England. So when Victoria's son, Edward VII, succeeded her in taking over the throne more than six decades after her own coronation, it was bound to be an especially glorious occasion. When Queen Victoria died, Edward immediately became king, but his official coronation wouldn't take place until June of the following year. And when the time finally came, only two days before the coronation, he had to postpone it because he got appendicitis and he had to get an emergency operation. Fortunately, he recovered just fine and the actual coronation happened that August instead. Now, everyone was naturally very glad to be at this event, but there was a little drama. We promised you some drama, so here it comes. Now, here's the deal. Coronation anthems are supposed to be heard at the moment that the new monarch gets to the ceremony, and there was one ready to go by Sir Hubert Perry. But the music director messed up the timing of Sir Perry's anthem, and the choir finished the anthem before the king arrived. This forced the organist in the ensemble to just make stuff up on the spot until the anthem could at last be repeated upon Edward's arrival. I'll bet those musicians were not super glad to be there when that happened. They probably just wanted to, like, nope backwards and just kind of disappear from the hall. Anyway, regardless, Edward VII was indeed crowned. The coronation anthem for his ceremony was composed by Sir Hubert Perry. We mentioned him a minute ago, and the piece was called I Was Glad. Perry wrote this in 1902. Let's give it a listen. Now, after Edward VII died, the monarchy transferred to his eldest son, George. George V and Mary of Teck officially became the new king and queen of England in 1911, only nine years after Edward's coronation ceremony. So Edward was not king for terribly long. At George's crowning ceremony, there was a mix of new music and some familiar music, for example, they played Sir Hubert Perry's I Was Glad, which we just heard. There was also some new music written by Sir Edward Elgar. For this ceremony, he composed an anthem, a hymn, and a march. However, something really mysterious happened on the day of the ceremony. Edward Elgar was highly respected by the court and had recently won several awards for his music, but on the day of the ceremony... He didn't even show up, and no one knows why. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. How would they know? Seems like you can't have a coronation without some kind of drama. So why do you think he didn't come? Make something up. Be creative. Have fun with it. I can't. I just, I can't. Now, 
Back to the coronation. George's ceremony was also special because it was the first ever coronation ceremony to have a photograph taken at it. And we've got that photo on our website for you to check out. Now, even though Elgar missed the premiere of his music and potentially getting a cool photograph taken of him, today we will take you back to that day in 1911 as we listen to George V's coronation anthem, Oh, Hearken Thou, by Sir Edward Elgar. By the way, Sprouts, if you want to get even more insider info on these coronations or other things we don't get to cover on the podcast during the break, head over to our Instagram, at Classical Sprouts, and give us a follow. We're about to get to one of the most well-known coronation ceremonies in the 1900s, the crowning of the previous monarch, Queen Elizabeth II, and even more tea. We'll also give you a Quizlet hint, so stick around, and we'll see you back here right after the break. I'm Keith Brown, and I'm the host of Gameplay. Every week on the show, I celebrate the amazing world of video game music with everything from beloved classics to brand new soundtracks. You can stream episodes at our website, gameplayshow.org. I hope you'll join me for this adventure. Welcome back, Sprouts. There's more royal drama coming your way very soon. But first, let's get back to our Quizlet question. At the beginning of this episode, I asked you, since the crowning of William the Conqueror in 1066, every British monarch's coronation has taken place in one location, what is the name of this building? Here is a hint for you. This landmark has been the location of over 16 royal weddings, including the wedding of Prince William and Catherine Middleton in 2011. You think you know the answer? We'll give you a few more hints during the rest of the episode, but now, back to the celebrations. Next up we'll be looking at one of the most well-known coronation ceremonies in the 1900s. It is definitely a running theme that these events were drama-filled. Edward VII was named king after George V, but he was never actually crowned. He was king for a little over 10 months and was expected to have his coronation in 1936. However, he decided he didn't want to be the king. He decided to leave because he wanted to marry someone that wasn't seen as a suitable match by the public. From the court's perspective, she was not fit to be queen because she was American and had been divorced not once, but twice. <gasps> to willingly give up being a monarch is called abdication. 
And this was a really big deal because this was the first time this had ever happened in England's history, and it hasn't happened again since. Preparations for Edward's coronation already started by the time he abdicated, and his brother, George VI, had to step in. Now, George didn't really want to be king either, so it was certainly a moment of unwanted sibling hand-me-downs. Like that big old dumb sweater you're not a big fan of. Oh yeah, and also, now you have to be the king. King George VI's coronation was the very first to be filmed and broadcast on live radio, so we are also celebrating a moment in our own radio history today. This is Ray Fawn Williams' Festival Todayum, which was performed at the coronation of George VI. We've been hearing about the dramatic moments around the crowning ceremonies of English monarchs, and now we will feature the most recent Queen of England, Elizabeth II. Elizabeth was the longest reigning British monarch, even longer than Queen Victoria, and her crowning ceremony was the first that was fully broadcast on TV. For her ceremony, William Walton composed the version of Todayum that we'll hear today, and he definitely had a lot of fun writing this coronation anthem. It's a fitting work that was used to celebrate the beginning of Queen Elizabeth's lengthy reign. time as queen, Elizabeth certainly developed some quirks. First of all, she had two birthdays, kinda. She was actually born April the 21st, but the weather is often terrible that time of year and people want to celebrate it in public, so she officially celebrated her birthday again on June 11th, when the weather would most likely be nicer for picnics and stuff. Queen Elizabeth II was also the only person in England allowed to drive without a license, and also she really loved corgis. This recording is from her actual coronation in 1953. It's being performed by the Choir of Westminster Abbey. You can even watch the television broadcast of Elizabeth II coronation on our website at classicalsprouts.org. It is really fascinating and full of tons of really interesting high pomp and ceremony and also fabulous clothes. And Jules, it's so cool. Check it out. Now, before we get to one last coronation anthem, surprise, we have another Quizlet hint for you. In addition to several coronations and weddings, over 3,000 burials have occurred at this church. Some of the people buried here include Rudyard Kipling, Charles Dickens, and George Frederick Handel. Have you figured it out yet? We've got one more anthem for you in this episode. We've made a journey through all of the British coronations in the 1900s so far, but now we're going to jump back even further in time to talk about a piece that has been performed at every coronation since the year 1727. George Frederick Handel's piece, entitled Zadok the Priest, was originally written for King George II's coronation in 1727. 
seems to be a theme throughout British coronations to confuse the timing of anthems in the ceremony. How did it happen this time? Well, as we talked about at the beginning of the episode, the timing of Sir Hubert Perry's I Was Glad did not line up with the King's entrance. Well, turns out the same thing had happened 175 years earlier with George II's coronation. The choir sang Zadok the Priest in the wrong part of the service, and they had to repeat it later in the ceremony. As sometimes happens in live performances, they just kept going, and it ended up being okay. And seriously, just remember that if you ever have to perform in public, if you mess up, Friend, just keep going. Okay, Sprouts. At the beginning of this episode, I asked you a question. What is the name of the building where every British monarch's coronation has taken place since the crowning of William the Conqueror in the year 1066? I gave you some hints, including that it's where Prince William and Catherine Middleton got married, and it's where Charles Dickens and George Frederick Handel are buried. Now, I gave you some hidden hints, too. Did you pick up on them? And by hidden, I mean the answer to the question? When I talked about the Queen Elizabeth II coronation, I mentioned that the recording was from her actual ceremony and that the choir performing the piece was the choir of... Westminster Abbey. This Gothic church is located in the city and borough of Westminster, forming a core part of central London and is a beautiful place to celebrate coronations. Alrighty, Sprouts, thanks so much for celebrating all these coronations with me today. We've got some neat photos, sound, and video clips from these coronations on our website at classicalsprouts.org, so be sure to check those out. And so you never miss an episode, be sure to follow and rate us wherever you find your podcasts. This episode of Classical Sprouts was written and produced by Emily Duncan Wilson. Support came from Amanda Sewell and Delia Zaleski. Our digital content manager is Casey Brown. I'm Kate Botello, or as they call me, Lady Catherine of Interlochen. Ta-ta! Ta-ta!